The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello there and welcome to Grace in Focus. Today, Ken Yates and Bob Wilkin answer the question, What must I do to be born again? We say faith alone, but are there things that are essential to having faith? What does the Bible say about this question? We'll get started in just a minute. We want to describe to you something about our 2023 Grace Evangelical Society National Conference. And here's Bob Wilkin to do just that. I really like this new venue we have for the annual Grace Evangelical Society Conference, Camp Copus in Denton, Texas. It has the advantage having all that we need in one location. So we have the dining hall, breakfast, lunch, supper. It has all kinds of recreational activities. The two hotels are just terrific, and people are sitting around talking and interacting, and the meeting rooms are solid. So I really like this Camp Copus, and it also provides us an opportunity to have vacation Bible school for young people. And this year, in 2023, we're also going to offer a free continental breakfast. There'll still be a full breakfast at the dining hall if people want to buy that, but if they just want a continental breakfast, we're making that available too. Thank you, Bob Wilkin. And friend, make sure to get information about the National Conference coming up May 22nd through 25th, 2023. Go to our website, find out all the details. That's faithalone.org, faithalone.org. And now, as promised, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates with today's question and answer. Welcome back to Grace and Focus. Ken, I have a great question today. Well, let me have it. Lay it on me. Okay, this is from Michael. And Michael starts out with a very intriguing opening comment. I was chatting to someone recently about the topic of salvation through Jesus Christ, and it occurred to me that I have never met two people who agreed. Well, that's not true. Bob and I agree. Bob and I agree. (laughs) The point he makes is that there are many different things people say you have to do to be born again, right? Right. Michael asks... We do make things complicated, and I guess it is complicated. No. What you need to do to be born again is pretty simple, right? Believe in Jesus for eternal life. (laughs) What's complicated about that? Right. Nothing. And then he says we probably wouldn't need theological institutions to try and explain the concept if it was simple. No. The theological institutions make it complicated. (laughs) They're the ones that make it to where we think it's complicated. But he goes on, do I need to believe the Protestant version of the Bible to start with? So let's go with that. Do some people say that you can't be born again if you believe the Catholic version of the Scriptures? Sure. There's people who would say that if you believe the Catholic version of the Scriptures, you cannot be born again. And the answer to his question there is no, you don't have to believe the Protestant version of the Bible. Well, it's interesting even that the Protestant version... What is the Protestant version? Well, I think for one thing, you're not going to have the apocryphal books. Right. First and second Maccabees and, and Tobit and things like that. But on top of that, you're also going to have like the Douay version is slightly different than what you get in the NIV or the King James or the New King James or the New American Standard. But the Word of God is the Word of God. And unless it's butchered by the translation then John 3.16 is going to come out the same in all of them. Right. 
and you're capable of being born again in certainly the Catholic version of the Bible. He goes on, and Michael goes on and says, do I need to believe in the virgin birth? And the answer to that is no. Why not? Well, because, for example, in John, John tells us, I've written this book so that you'll know how to have eternal life. And he doesn't mention the virgin birth. Yeah. In fact, at the very beginning in John 1, I believe it's Andrew who says this is the uh, son of Joseph. Right. They don't seem to know about the virgin birth. Right. And in John 8, the Jews are mocking him and saying, we were not born of fornication. That's the only place we even hint at the virgin birth, right? And so, no, you don't have to believe the virgin birth. And the people in John 8 don't believe it, obviously, right? Right. However, if you want to ask the question, does believing the virgin birth making it easier to believe in Jesus for everlasting life? The answer is yes, because the more you understand who Jesus is and what he did, the more you understand that he's trustworthy. Yes, and take that example there, the virgin birth. After you've been in the faith for a while, you understand the importance of the virgin birth. Yes, if Jesus had not been born of a virgin, then he couldn't have died for the sins of the world. And and yes, but does an unbeliever have to understand that? And the answer is no. No. All right. Now, here is one we could spend the next two days on. Do I need to believe in the deity of Christ to be saved? Well, my first question is, what does he mean by the deity of Christ? Exactly. And and I say that to everyone who says that to me, and I hear that a lot. Well, you have to believe in the deity of Christ. Right. For example, if you ask a Mormon, do you believe in the deity of Christ? He's going to say say yes. If you ask a Jehovah Witness, do you believe in it? They say yes. Arius, if you asked him, was Jesus, he's dead, (laughs) but the, the great heretic Arius, right, who denied that he had always existed, he, he taught that he was a created being. But if you ask him, was Jesus God? He would say yes. There's two ways of looking at this, Ken. One is what a lot of people mean when they say, do you need to believe in the deity of Christ? They don't mean, do you need to have an orthodox view of the deity of Christ? What they mean is, do you affirm the deity of Christ? Do you say you believe in the deity of Christ? But then they take it a step further because, as you say, there's lots of people who would say, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses can't be born again, not because of their work salvation, but because they have a faulty view of the deity of Christ, right? Right. So for a lot of people, they would say, you must both affirm the deity of Christ and at least have a semi-Orthodox view of the deity of Christ, right? Right. In other words, you've got to be able to say he's existed forever. Well, wait a minute. No, most people wouldn't say you have to believe that, right? I bet you if you asked... A thousand people in evangelical churches today, has Jesus always existed? I bet you'd find a high percentage that said no. Or if you ask the question, yes, or if you ask the question, who's greater? Or who existed first, the Father or the Son? Right. I'm talking about people in churches. They would say the Father the exists father. first. Yeah. yeah, the Father existed first. Obviously, the Father comes before well, the Son. Well, now, the greater part is awkward because Jesus says, my Father is greater than I. Exactly. But I believe he means in authority. Not, sure. Obviously, they're all equal because he says, I am my Father one on another occasion. Right. But that. the problem with this is, yeah, most people don't even have a clue about the deity of Christ. They will affirm it. Maybe they know he's eternal. Maybe they know he has all the attributes of God, and maybe they could list five of them. But the truth is, most people have barely scratched the surface on what this means. But and, having, by, and by the way, on that, let me just say, I, I get the impression that when people say that, they'll say, they'll say something like this, well, you have to believe that he's the son of God. 
That's what it means. But that Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses literally believe that. Yeah, exactly. That means he literally is the son of God. Yes. And so people will say, oh, I believe Jesus is the son of God. But as you said, they don't have a clue about the details of his deity. I remember doing a couple's retreat and there was a young lady in her mid thirties and she came up to me afterwards. She said, I've been in churches my whole life. I've always known that Jesus is the son of God, but I never knew that he was equal with God in the way you just described. Right. Okay. Let's put it this way. You and I both went to Dallas seminary and we both took courses in Christology, the doctrine of Christ. Do you think you could have passed the final exam before you took the course? Well, towards the end of the course of my Christology class, I a- answered a question and the grader said, this is heretical. Because I said, God is one, but he manifests himself in three individuals. Because Orthodox says you say the word person, not individual. And I'm from Kentucky, and I'm not really sure of the difference. Well, I don't think there is a difference. But, you know, if you're going to be a stickler for the way that Chalcedon or Nicaea said it. Right then you use a different word. But my point is this. Do you have to believe in the deity of Christ? No. Does believing in the deity of Christ make it easier to believe in him for the promise of everlasting life? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But on the other hand, as I was going to say about this exam, we you know we had people who failed the final exam and they had taken the course. And I would say if you gave a Dallas Seminary final exam on Christology to 100 evangelical lay people, let's say all of whom had at least a college degree, right? I bet you 99 out of 100 would fail it. Maybe all 100 would fail it. I would go even a step further and say even if you gave it in a lot of churches to the deacons, they would fail it. Or the elders. Sure. Recently, I've been talking with a Dallas Seminary friend about a particular issue about the deity of Christ. And we've gone round and round. When Jesus said in the garden, Father, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. Did he mean, Father... Let this cup pass for me by drinking it. Let me go to the cross. That's my will, but not my will, but your will be done. Or did he mean, Father, let this cup go away from me. I don't want to die on the cross. Let me avoid the cross, but not my will, which is to disobey you and not go to the cross, but your will be done. This friend of mine, he told me, oh no, Jesus' human desire conflicted with his divine desire. So his his will was not the same as his father's. Right. But because it was the will of the father, he didn't go through with it. And of course, if he didn't go to the cross, that would have been sin, right? Because right. the father sent him to do that. And I want to say, because I agree with what you're about to say, I know where you're going with this. I go with the first option. Right. But I bet you that the vast majority of evangelicals would agree with that, that Jesus was saying, I don't want to do what you want me to do. One of my professors from Dallas Seminary, that I highly respected. We got into this discussion, and he said, you need to understand that Jesus in his humanity was repelled by the cross, and he didn't want to go to the cross. I'm like, really? The whole way through the Gospel of John, he's like, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. He's pointed to the cross. So does a person have to believe in the deity of Christ to be saved? I'd say no. And And what are the other things he lists on the question? We'll probably have to do it in part two. So we'll pick up on the rest of Michael's questions in the next show. So we'll make that part two. But remember, keep grace grace in focus. focus. 
Zane Hodges' excellent commentary on Romans, entitled Romans Deliverance from Wrath, is available right now on our website, faithalone.org. Get half price through February 28, 2023, when you use the code word ROMANS. That's faithalone.org. Would you like to deepen your understanding of Scripture and the Christian life? Well, a great place to start is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We've got all kinds of free materials on the site available for you. One of those which is extremely popular is our magazine, Grace in Focus. It comes out six times a year. It's full color, easy to read, and people are really growing who read it. So stop by and get a free subscription at faithalone.org. We would like to thank all of our financial partners who help us keep this show going. All gifts are tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can be a financial partner, visit us at faithalone.org. We are so happy when we hear from listeners. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, Bob and Ken will continue their discussion about what must I do to be saved. Please make sure and join us. We love it when you do. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.